This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to She Podcast, the podcast about podcasting and 800 other things from the woman's point of view. For those of you that are new listeners, this is a co-hosted show between Jessica Kupferman and myself, Elsie Escobar. But in this episode, I made the executive decision not to record because it would have been too much. Like, seriously. I'm totally in the middle of a move. And hopefully, as you all hear this, I am settled in a new home. And I have internet. So crossing fingers that that's a reality. Because, of course, you know, that's super duper important for recording podcasts and all the stuff that goes along with it. So what do we have going on today in this episode of She Podcast? We have an interview with the mighty Christy Hausler. Full disclosure, she is, in fact, our sponsor. And we wanted you to get to know her a little bit better. I guarantee you guys that this will totally blow you away because you will learn something. Absolutely understand why we had her on the show and why we really appreciate her sponsorship. Really quick reminders. Make sure that you make your plans to go to PodFest in Florida this year. It's going to be an incredible event. It is happening February 23rd through the 25th, 2017. And She Podcast is having a day-long immersion into all kinds of podcast goodness, as well as one of the most unique podcast award ceremonies ever. Come on, guys. Y'all need to do it right now, peeps. Get yourself at least on the schedule or at least to make room and choices and start saving your money and all that fun stuff. You have plenty of time. And I want to give a big shout out to our amazing producer, John Buchanan. This man has done so much for our podcast, for She Podcast. It's crazy. I'm so thankful for him. And he has this new service that he created and named after us. It is the Diva Package. You get your audio edited, show notes, and tweets. So, so, so rad. And the price, holy cats, it's going to rock your socks off. Seriously, it's going to knock your socks off. So how do you get it? Email John, that is John, is J-O-H-N, at audioeditingsolutions.com. Okay, John at audioeditingsolutions.com. With the title, Diva Package, please, exclamation point. Right? That's it. Jump on this deal. And I say jump like right now. Email john at audioeditingsolutions.com with the title of your email reaching out to him, Diva Package, please, with an exclamation point at the end. All right, let's get on this thing. Here is Jess having a conversation like only she can have with the awesome Christy Hausler from teampodcast.com. Hi, Christy. Hey, Jess. How are you? Good. How are you? 
Doing great. Doing great. Are you seeing some sunshine yet? Yes, today I actually do. Nice. I know you guys have been hit with some bad weather for the last little bit and haven't really had a good spring yet. So hate to break it to you. We've been in sunshine for a while now. Oh, my God. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. That's not fair. <laughs> I know, but we never really have winter. So what do you do? What do you do? So tell it's, us where you are again. I know you're I'm in Key West. Yeah, I'm in Key West, Florida. So okay. it never ends. It's the endless summer. Really? Why do I always, I guess because your accent, I always see you like in Georgia. Well, I'm from originally from Alabama, lived most of my life in South Carolina. So oh, the that's swamp. Where I get that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're no, from it was the swamp. Actually, actually, you know what? I'm from the area that's like just below the North Carolina border from where Elsie is. So it's kind of upstate. It's upstate, just right, not far from Asheville. Upstate. Yeah. Upstate. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't insult you, does it? I, I hope know, not. No, it doesn't. People down here in Florida, you know, here I am in the southernmost city and people are like, you're not from around here, are you? And I'm like, what do That's you so mean? Funny. <laughs> well, I mean, I know you would think that Florida would be southern, but it's really not. Yeah, you would. But nobody's from here. You well, know, right. everyone just was here. Like you're not allowed to be born in Florida. I bet you Liz Covart could tell us how the how Florida was um, settled. <laughs> I'm sure she could. Because and I'd I, like to know, like, who made it there? Certainly wasn't anybody British. Uh, I believe it was a Spaniard or something like that. Because there's mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of that, or a right. lot of uh, Orlando. Lot, yeah, Tampa. <laughs> it's like El something, El Salvador. You're something, right. Day or something. So that's a good yeah, point. A yeah, it's interesting. So I guess I haven't introduced you because I usually just start talking with Elsie and I forgot. So so I'm speaking with Christy Hausler <laughs> and um, she is the owner and founder and Betty Big Deal of Team Podcast. How what do you say your title is? You know, I just normally say I'm the owner. I guess that's really, uh, you know, that's probably very low class of me, but <laughs> not really. Owner's good. Why is that low class? Why do you say I don't that? know. You know, some people are like, I'm the CEO. And I'm like, well, if you don't have a whole executive team, you know, there's not really a big well, yeah. deal about being what are the, you CEO. the CEO of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm also the janitor. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yes. Well, yeah. does that mean you work out of your house and have to clean your own house? I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. And I'm the, you know, chief dog sitter and everything all that going on while I'm here working so yeah dog sitter what kind of dogs do you have oh I've got a five of them we never intended to have five but I've got a uh, Sharpay Mm -hmm. a Dachshund a lab mix a Basset Hound mix that looks like a wild wired hair Basset that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. and a um like a Jack Russell mix that kind of looks like a little miniature pit bull so we've got We've got dog versities. <laughs> you do dog versity. That's very funny. Yes, Did you make that up yourself? I, yeah, no. I think you can buy some products that talk about like we support dog versity because it's like, you know, the whole rescue thing and, you know, don't be a breed, you know, snob or whatever. So, right. Yeah, so all of ours are junkyard dogs. Aww. That's kind of nice, though. Like, my husband wants to get a cat from a breeder, and I'm just like, I I can't in good conscience. I can't support it. And there's so many at the the Humane Society that are, yeah, death row. Yes, (laughs) exactly. I can't Get you a death row cat. That That makes me sad. (laughs) It does. I agree with you, though. It makes me sad. Anyway. What got you into podcasts? Do you have, I don't even know, do you even have a podcast? Is that terrible that I'm asking you that? What an asshole I am. I (laughs) do. 
I do. And since you haven't listened to it, that's okay. I'm sorry. No, I, but I don't so listen. I mean, no, I know you don't listen to podcasts. I, don't, I yeah. completely don't. And I have a, I have another one in the works right now. But um, I started in, I guess it was 2011. And I, I'll give you a little bit of background behind it. I felt like it was in the beginning of me discovering podcast. I was driving two hours each way to my job, which was ridiculous. And I couldn't find enough audiobooks to keep me awake. And so I finally discovered podcasts and I only even took a look at them because initially I thought they would eat up all my data on my cell phone. If mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like listen the whole time, I'm like, I cannot do four hours a day of data. That would be crazy. Mm-hmm. But I realized you could download on Wi-Fi and then listen and out like the whole world opened up to me. So I kept listening to these podcasts. And of course, at that time, it was, you know, kind of the guys that are the big gurus now. You know, John Lee Dumas had just started and the the Fizzle guys were out there and, you know, a few others were, were going with podcasting. But I felt like I was hearing and seeing the same sort of like internet gurus. And I don't, they're not even really internet gurus, but you know, I mean, the same people talking about online business and they're like, yeah, three years ago I started this and now I made a million dollars and I'm only 28 and that was right. my goal before I was 30. And you're like, well, good for you, but... I realized it was also during the time that we were just had just come through the recession and people were losing jobs and businesses and that sort of thing. And I realized that there is so much business knowledge in our local communities and nobody is highlighting those people and nobody's mm-hmm. going to them and extracting their nuggets. Meanwhile, every internet guru out there is just virtually vomiting value all day long. <laughs> you know what they learn. And from each other. Yeah. It's never even different value. No, it's always it the is. same it's people like, with the same story. Yeah. It's so like they, boring. <laughs> it's like they told me this and I did it and it worked for my business. So now let me tell you. And oh, if you hear their interview, it's the same. So, so I just thought, yeah. you know, I, I could be the conduit to do a podcast and really um, try to help support the local business community. So my podcast is the brick and mortar reporter. And okay. um, it's hard to say if you have a, um, a lisp or anything, because brick- it's, yeah, it, really? you get tied up on it. I was a big, big reporter, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just hard to say. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> so I have to be very pedantic whenever I say that. Otherwise, I trip myself up. So um, funny. I started going around to uh, to getting into contact with local business owners and basically saying, I have a podcast and blah, blah, blah. And they, you know, every one of them were like, well, how much does this cost to be on this? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, ah, gold mine. No, I didn't really. (laughs) It was was one of those things where I'm like, oh, no, no, this is completely free. You just come on and share your value. And in return, we give you a little bit of promotional time and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that. And I was crazy enough. I was working a full-time job and I was doing a five day a week interview show with local business owners who didn't know about podcasting and didn't know about interviews. And so every night I'd come home from work and I'd have interviews scheduled till eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night and on the weekends and all this stuff. And I did about 150 episodes and put it on hiatus last August because I'll tell you why, because this kind of leads into, I, um, I started looking and saying, okay, I need some help. <clears throat> I need to be able to hire out some of the task of my podcast so I can be free to kind of make contacts, schedule interviews and do the interviews. And I started looking around at what was out there and what was available and what was up for offer. And I have a background in call centers, managing customer relations, customer service management, sales management, inbound, outbound, that whole kind of thing. So for 25 years, that's all I had ever done. And so I 
looked at all the companies that were out there and I was really peeved. I was PO'd because I would see people that would be like, oh, yeah, we'll edit your audio. And for uh, $97, we'll take out 10 ahs and ums and we'll give you one mistake that you can make. And, you know, it was just very restrictive. It wasn't customer friendly at all. And I didn't like the fact that I could only hire a person to do one task. And for each one of those tasks, I had to go out and find a different person, vet a different person, pay a different person, manage a different person. And it just became so instead of getting the help I needed, what I found was I had just taken on a team of people and I was still trying to manage that and my podcast, and it was just a complete nightmare. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> and so I thought there's got to be a better way to do this. And so I started researching. And at that time, whenever I first started doing it, there was nobody that was doing what I wanted to do, which was basically end to end, you know, from the time you get off your podcast recording, be able to pass off the files and have everything done all the way up until the time of promotion, you know, mm -hmm. after it's published. And so that was the concept. And I thought, you know, if I could get and I kind of hashed out four different key positions and said, if I could get people committed to me to work for this amount of time, I could probably get other people to come on board and sort of help split the cost of it. So I essentially drain my retirement account. You are kidding me. <laughs> no, no, no. Because that's what smart people do. Don't you know? I mean, sometimes that is what <laughs> smart people do. But that must have been really scary. It scary. It is scary. It really is. It was absolutely scary. But I thought, you know, there's just, I, I think I could do this. And I thought, well, if nothing else, I'll have them paid for whatever time, try to get as many clients as I can, and then we'll see how it goes. And so, yeah, scary is not the word for it. It was freaking, yeah, heart attack city whenever you start taking on. Don't you have like a spouse? Yes. <laughs> well, what did she say? Um, She was fine with it whenever it was in concept stage and then even whenever it came what to... What did she say when you drained your retirement? <laughs> well, There's no way she was cool with that. No, 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 mean... no. It was one of those things where well, I'll tell you what happened though in the meantime. We were also relelocating from South Carolina to Key West because again okay. this, is what, timing, this is what this is really good timing, Christy. This is really good timing. I mean, this is like Susie Orman textbook, what not to do. So kind of, I know we're moving. Let me drain my retirement. Exactly. Let me leave my six figure job with all the benefits and everything and move to a place where I have to start all over and oh drain my, my retirement account yeah, and do all this kind of stuff. So yeah, I can't really say that this is a strategy that I would recommend for anyone. <laughs> Unless you want to see if your Valium is working or... <laughs> or your relationship. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, the bottom line is I knew I had to start all over anyway. So it was just sort of like that investment funds of, okay, what am I going to do? And so this is something that we just started out and said, you know what, let's just go for it. I felt like I had enough of a work ethic and I was enough of a hard worker that if I had uh, done what I had done for all those employers that I could do twice as good if I was working for myself. And so... So I, then I just started talking to people and it didn't take, it took me about three weeks to get my first client. And then before long, several others came on board and then word of mouth. And our goal has just been really to over deliver on the value end of it and the service end of it for people. And to really, you know, the interesting thing is, and I know services are an easy business for people that are wanting to get into business to start. And I don't mean the business is easy, but it's an easy entry point, right? Um, to get Absolutely. You into business for yourself. And so that, 
you know, I fell into that as well. But what you realize is after time, you know, service does kind of become a commodity and you get people wanting to say, you know, all they want to do is compete on price. And we're in a little different niche where a lot of people can go overseas for what they want or need and pay third world people great wages that would be pittance in the U.S., you know, and get the job sort of done. And so done, but yeah, 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 it's it's a much different experience. It is a different experience. And that was the other part that I thought was starting my own company. I wanted to keep as much of the work as I absolutely could within the United States so that I could create jobs that were decent paying, flexible work from home jobs that people that were maybe underemployed or looking for a side gig or whatever would be able to have some reliable income. And so, you know, that goal has been accomplished right now. Our team is 10, if I count myself, our team is 10 strong right now. And wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, and I only have like only a couple are like full-time, full-time, like, well, I said, there's there's three, three others in me, four of us are full-time and then the others are kind of part-time, so to speak, or just kind of on a as-needed basis, and we shovel them the work, and they do everything for us. But it just, it does me good to know that we're also accomplishing that aspect of it and giving people the opportunity to earn some money while they wouldn't normally be able to, uh, in a way that they wouldn't. Because, you know, everyone always falls for those work-from-home scams, you know, the work-from-home, flexible hours, great pay, work in your pajamas, you know, do whatever you want to do. But those are, you know, those there's not really anything like that out there, but these, you know, the jobs that I can create and that we can create in the podcasting industry are jobs that people that have a very good skill set can actually, you know, kind of put that to work moonlighting or even as a full-time gig working for someone like me. So, so it's kind of accomplished several of my goals and stayed in line with the whole trying to keep local things local and keep jobs here in the United States and trying to help people that are underemployed actually have a little bit of a financial lifeline. And, and to be honest, I would love to be able to teach more people here in Key West to do some of the things that I need to do because we are in a geographic area where tourism is the main industry. And so many of the jobs are very low wage service industry jobs. However, the cost of living here is very high for people that are, you know, trying to make it in service industry type jobs. And so if something doesn't happen to sort of mitigate that, you know, we could be ending up with, uh, you know, not being very tourist friendly because we don't have the staff to support it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Do you have people actually on payroll or are they all contractors? Like, how is it set up? I'm, I'm actually asking for my own, own benefit. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I do have people that work full time for me, but the agreement we have is for as an independent contractor. And part of the reason for that is the last company I worked for, we had such issues with, uh, you know, there's so many laws that keep coming up with the, like, the different banking acts and all this stuff that keeps making these layers of regulation for small businesses that when you take on employees, you have to have the infrastructure behind you to maintain, just to even maintain simple processes like, okay, everyone's got to go through E-Verify or, I mean, it's like almost like if you're going to take on employees, you have to have the ability to take on an HR person and a lawyer at the same time, you know, to be able to kind of keep pitfalls. And so I'm not there yet. I'm not ready. I mean, we're not at the point financially where we can do that. I would love for it to turn into um, something where we could actually have people that say they are employees rather 
than independent contractors. But right now we have several full-time independent contractors, and that's just strictly, you know, financial decision. Our margins are not high enough that we could really do anything else. You know, with a service-type industry, you have to watch your margins because your time can eat up. Yeah, I mean, it also makes sense. I mean, like I've seen full businesses with even, you know, that don't have people on payroll. So, I mean, and also I feel like as the worker, it's almost better, too, because you would get less pay because you would have to have benefits and all that other stuff. Yeah. And the other part is, you know, when you become you cross that line and become the employee, then you also give that company control over you to say, you know, these are the hours I need you to work. And during this time, here's what your schedule is going to be. And you need to check in with me all this you know, time. And I just prefer to be a little more independent than that and say, here's your workload for today. Get it done. Get it back to me and, you know, get me your hours or, you know, tell me how many tasks you completed and we pay accordingly. So, I mean, I would love for it to be something much bigger, but I'm not in any way, shape or form thinking that's going to happen anytime soon. It's just, mm-hmm. you don't realize a lot, even the different taxation for different things between when you're dealing with people in different states and different, even different counties and, and all that. It's just, it's very convoluted. Now, if something happened in our system became a little less bureaucratic, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, where there wasn't so much in there, but it, it really is hard. And even in my area where we are, because we're a highly tourist area, the cost of getting into and being a actual legitimate company from an employee standpoint in the area I'm in is extremely high, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it just it just doesn't make sense whenever all of what we can do right now can be and there's not one single advantage that I can think of right now that would make the case for why that should happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, everything is a negative at this point. So until it becomes that the benefits outweigh the negative, then we won't make that turn. Yeah. Well, I mean, why would you? Yeah, there's no incentive. There's none at all. Now, it might be different if there were other incentives where, you know, there were tax breaks or other things where it would basically make it a a less financially draining process, (laughs) less regulatory. But there's just there's so much regulation and so many things that you I mean, even if you go in with the best intentions and wanting to keep your, you know, employees happy and and that sort of thing, you run up into, you know, crazy regulations that might be something like, Oh, great. You're using your home as your office and you're, you know, a legitimate company. Okay, so where's your um, handicap accessible door? And you're like, I don't ever have anyone come to, (laughs) you know, but you're like, what? I can bring them around. Why would I have that? (laughs) So, I mean, those are the kind of things that you run into all the time. That's just like, I I don't know why anyone would want to tangle with that if they didn't absolutely have to. Plus, I got kicked out of a... um when I was working at Super Corporate Headquarters, they instilled that law that said that any contractor over two years had to be given benefits, like whether they wanted them or not. Wow. So they had to can me. Because they didn't want to have to give you benefits. Right. Wow. Yeah. And otherwise, you could have kept going and you would have been perfectly happy all the time. And yeah, we wouldn't know you as you are today. I <laughs> You That's true. Living in cubicle land. <laughs> you got me there. That's true. But uh, yeah, so I was really sad because I really loved that. I really love that job. Anyway. Oh, yeah, that is sad. I was going to say, you, you don't realize the collateral damage or unintended consequences many times whenever you have to legislate something like that on the front end. But I just think, too, you know, if, if companies 
were doing, and I know Subaru is a good company to work for. Believe me, I've seen, you know, their ratings yeah. and stuff like that. But I, I cool. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, there are a lot of companies that will exploit and do everything they can to get the most they can out of workers without treating them. So I understand on some reasons why, but there's always those unintended consequences that really rob you of a good thing whenever it has to go into effect. I know. Legally. It's a shame. Yeah, it is. It really is. Oh, wow. <laughs> Those were the good old days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it was fun. Spend 15 minutes talking to people, just chit-chatting chit and <laughs> drinking coffee. What's the stuff that you, when you first started a podcast, you were like, I've got to stop doing this. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. Um, with me, I I say ah and um a lot. And I'm a very, very hard on myself. And when it came to the editing and that sort of thing, it just it took me a while to get over the whole vocal nuance, so to speak. The, but the other part is, I, I will tell you this. I, I, no one told me this in the beginning because I, you know, honestly, when I started podcasting, I had listened to a very famous podcaster that we all know and love. And I was under the impression that pretty much all you had to do is if you build it, they will come get it out there. Make sure you, you know, you'll once you have that first eight weeks on new and noteworthy, pretty much you'll be set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I thought. And that was not the case at all. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't realize in the beginning how much podcasting overlapped with uh, not network marketing, Lord, no, Um, online marketing, (laughs) online marketing. And so I wasn't, you know, my chops weren't there in that aspect. And so whenever people talk about building a list or doing courses, I thought, well, what the heck would I teach anybody? Are you kidding me? I'm just talking to people trying to get information, you know? So I think so many people start out like that and they hope it will become something, but they have no path to get there. And I was the same way. I didn't have that either. So to me, it was one of what I need to quit doing is creating all this content with no real path to do anything with it, you know, Mm -hmm. and no plan. It's just cranking out content five days a week. Here's a show from a different local business owner all across the country with different niches. And what was I trying to accomplish with that? So it's one of those things that you look back now and you're like, man, I've grown so much and I learned so much. But at the same time, you would love to be able to steer other people out of those pitfalls (laughs) that you yourself made because I see it. I see a lot of people that have brilliant ideas, but they just don't know how to get to that monetization piece or even get it to the point where it's creating a good funnel for another business because they're not as keyed into the whole Internet marketing thing and as they should be. I definitely think people have a hard time seeing their podcast as a business just in general, because just for me and the things that I like when I take on a client and it's like, you know, podcaster business consulting for the most part, basically that's what it is. And I start looking at like, well, let's look at the basics. Like, do you have a call to action at either the beginning or the end of your show? No. Do you have an opt in to grow an email list? No. Do you have any idea what you might like to be paid to do? Not really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then though that that's where we start. That's exactly <laughs> where you start. Let's start with just telling people to see you on Facebook or Twitter. Let's have a subscribe button on yeah. the site. I mean, it's like it's the very basic things, and so it's just like people just put their podcasts up, and then they're just like, okay, now how do I monetize? But I'm not sure where the Is it just that they don't think about marketing? Like for you, was it just that you just 
wouldn't know where to start but do i feel like people deep down kind of know like well if i want people to subscribe i should you know tell them if i want them to grow my facebook or my twitter to tell them to do it you know it's so funny it's the same thing you see whenever people say well i don't know who's listening to my show i never hear from my listeners and you go well what are you asking your listeners to do and they go well what do you mean (laughs) yeah yeah you know it's the same thing but you know i think what happens is we assume as podcasters trying to start out that if people love what you are doing, they are going to wake up one morning and say, wow, I need to get in touch with Christy and thank her for what she mm-hmm. has done for me. And mm-hmm. I will tell you as a true podcast, you know, what I would call a super consumer of podcasts, right? Like four to five hours a day of podcasts for several years. Mm-hmm. I listen to shows regularly, love those shows, would recommend those shows, but never once visited their website, never once left a rating and a review. And so, uh, you know, never once reached out to them. And I think I might be the typical podcast listener, you know, who I just listen and consume and listen and consume and listen and consume and never went beyond that. So I never bought anything. I never, you know, went that next step, but I was a faithful listener and a consumer, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think you're right is that we, we just assume that, you know, in many of us, especially as women, we're afraid to ask for what we really want. Anyway, we're afraid to say, you know, get in touch with me or, or, come to my Facebook page, I'll talk to you there or whatever you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. It's like you don't really know how you want to act, interact with your listeners. And at the same time, if you don't have a path for what that end contact wants to be as far as how, what, where you're putting them in your funnel for anything, I think you miss out because it just takes too long to get over that curve. And people don't make it that long in podcasting without setting all that up from the beginning. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you begin to realize after a few months of doing podcasts and nothing becomes of it that you've just made it your most expensive hobby. And then you begin to resent it. You know, you do. You get to the point where you're like, I can't keep doing this. This is, you know, costing me hundreds of dollars a month and it's sucking up all my time. And this, you know, it was fun for a minute to be able to point to my stuff on iTunes and show my friends that I was there, but I'm not getting anything out of it now. Right. Um, And that's where people, that's where the pod fade kicks in, you know? Yeah, sad. It is. It's sad for the industry. I hate to say it. It's sad for all of us because we become another laughable industry um, as far as retention and credibility. And I think Mm -hmm. some people have been sold that golden ticket of, oh, just put out your podcast and people will find you and you're put out the call and your tribe will answer. (laughs) And it does. I mean, the reality is if you already have a built in following, yes, you may be able to do that. But if you you don't, you've got to put a lot of work and a lot of thought into actually how you're going to build your tribe and your following and your people, you know, so mm-hmm. people don't think about that. They just think about the content is the most important thing. And I'm not saying it's not important, but, you know, that's where they focus on with podcasts is they focus on creating the content and how the show is going to be. And, oh, does my intro sound great and all this? And it's like, you know, it really doesn't matter if no one's listening. (laughs) I mean, right. How bad your intro sucks if no one's listening. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I mean, there is a lot that goes into making it good. Right. It isn't just about putting out your call and your tribal answer. You're right. I feel like that is. A lot of what people say when they say, should I start a podcast? But I don't know. Maybe it's because I was an entrepreneur to start with, but I've always treated it as a business. I didn't launch until I felt like the branding was right. I mean, my mm-hmm. cover art was terrible, actually. Mm-hmm. But the, the branding for the show was right. The title was right. Yeah. I felt like, you know, I had a schedule. I, you know, I really wanted it to look 
like its own business because I don't, but maybe I don't start anything without having it be like, I mean, I always think of the best case scenario first. Like, and for me, that's like, what if someone wants to buy this brand? Right. If someone wants to buy this brand, would what it are they be getting? Yeah. <laughs> sellable? Yeah. And and if you put it out, I mean, but but then Elsie and other people who are all about the grassroots are just like, but then you'll never start. Then it'll never. Mm-hmm. And that's probably true, too. It's just that I would never start. Right. But that's the thing is that that's OK with me. I wouldn't start. You're right. right. It would take me longer and I wouldn't start until it was. Right. And like I think ready. so much of that has to do with your background, too. You know, what I mean, you're being That's someone who's true. focused on branding and done has done that for companies before. And the with the marketing piece in your sort of toolkit, there's a lot of people coming into podcasting that don't have that resource to draw on. And they and, and I'm not saying don't get me wrong. I am not saying you don't need to have a good intro and I'm not saying you don't need to have a good brand. But I guess what my point is, is that the other part of how you're going to get your tribe and how you're going to get your people to rally around you and your podcast and how you're going to get listeners is just as important as all the rest. But somehow people forget about that whenever they're starting because they're it's easy to kind of focus on the tangible things that are right in front of them. And Mm -hmm. these things about listeners and downloads are sort of intangibles whenever you're just launching, right? Because you haven't seen them come to fruition yet. And Mm -hmm. you see the reality hit, you know, when people get a couple weeks into their show and they're like, Okay, so I have 200 downloads. Is that good? (laughs) You know, and they don't know and they don't have any. I mean, they they had no idea what you know, they hadn't looked at anything to know what basis everything is is running on and so they don't have any idea of well what's your total target market and of the people that listen to podcasts in your target market what's your total range and what should you be shooting for and so i think you know it just comes as an afterthought that wait a minute i put it out there i got a new and noteworthy in itunes and i didn't notice anything different with my downloads and what am i supposed to do now what else am i supposed to do yeah I don't know. It's probably a combination of things. Don't you think? I mean, I mean, for me, Lady Business Radio, like nothing happened in order for it to pod fade. I just lost interest in the topic. Now, I will tell you this. There's a lot of shows that I can see, even if the show is being successful as far as gaining downloads and gaining, you know, traction or people in a Facebook group, whatever. The host just gets bored with it. In fact, if I was some of the hosts of some of these mainstream shows that have been going on that are kind of like the box that have been, you know, the same box for two years now, and they're doing the same thing day in, day I would be bored with it, you know, but I think that's kind of more of, of being a creative or not kind of thing. But there are plenty of people who are at that point where they're making that decision of should I, you know, and, and part of it is because they never really got it where they wanted to in the first place. Because I think if you do many times, many times it takes on a life of its own and it pivots on its own anyway. I mean, that doesn't pivot on its own, but you get the direction to pivot and you you kind of keep growing and expanding. But you do as a host sometimes lose interest in what you're doing and in, in your show. And, and maybe it served its purpose. Maybe it was just for that time and space where, you know, you it got you into podcasting and that was your first attempt and you have a following now and now you're supposed to go on and do something else. So I don't think all podcasts are meant to be forever. And I also think that as listeners, we go through those same cycles, you know, yeah. we listen to certain shows when we're at certain stages of our business. That's totally true. And then we outgrow them and we move on to others. And so there's always got to be something there for that next step of, you know, for people to consume. That's so interesting. That's very true. It is. So, um, 
I've noticed something that you do that I find amazingly brave, I guess. Okay. You never shy away from answering a question in any podcasting group. (laughs) Now, I used to be that way with online business, and it did get me a crazy amount of clients. So it's a very smart strategy. For those of you who are listening, if you are in Facebook groups where people need your assistance, answer every question you possibly can, because it almost, I would say even 50 to 60% of the time turns into here's how I can help you conversation, right? It can. It definitely. I mean, can. maybe thirty percent. Yeah, maybe I'm no, over, it can't. No, maybe I'm over I, selling. It. No, I think it definitely can. But the interesting thing is, you don't realize that what your answer does goes far beyond than just the person you are answering. Oh my God! Yes, because I have people all the time contact me and say, "Christy, I've never talked to you before, but I've seen you answer a lot of questions in a Facebook group, or yes. you know." And so you don't realize the impact, which I guess was a surprising. For me to find out that other people were reading stuff but not commenting on it or, you know, were just kind of lurking and taking note. And they see your name over and over again and they see your answers and they're like, yeah, I agree with that. Or, hmm, hadn't thought about it that way. Or, man, she is completely off base on that, you know. And so they make their opinions and then they decide in some ways that whole no like trust factor is already there before you even really had any conscious contact with them. Right, 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 right. So I have two questions. So where I was going with that was there's some of those podcasting groups where I am not comfortable Mm -hmm. answering as many questions because, you know, it's almost like I would like to compare it to just it's almost like saying in a political group, well, I don't think Hillary Clinton's that good. (laughs) Yeah, I know. what you Like you just open Uh yourself up. For no reason uh-huh. or like I almost sometimes I even see and I mean, you're you're always helpful. You're always respectful. I don't really see you offending anyone. I'm just <laughs> susceptible to those <laughs> kinds of conversations for some reason. And so in a lot of those groups, I see you answering stuff that I'm just like, well, why don't you just say Jesus is our Lord and Savior while you're at it to a bunch of Jews? <laughs> I mean, it, you're doing some dangerous work, I feel. <laughs> The so podcasters yes, are hilarious. not women because I find that in she podcast, they're very sweet and supportive yeah. and wonderful. But there are some of us in there. We seem to get along with each other. OK, yeah. however, in the men and groups where there are intergenders, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're you can be stepping on a landmine. They're naturally, I think, curmudgeon people, yeah. all DIYers. Uh-huh. And so um, not that you're saying, well, here, I can help you with that. But even sometimes you're daring to answer what's better x y or z Mm -hmm. i just don't want to open myself up to any kind of like well if she knew what she was talking about yeah and you know it's funny though it's it's weird because i used to be the person that would in a group that would never say anything like i would lurk and you'd never know i was there that's fascinating because you're like the number one pop-up but the the funny that's like this is like you know tales of an introvert coming out of her chrysalis or whatever Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. So it's funny, though, because what I find is many times there are some people that do ask questions and they're asking in a way that you can kind of tell that they're wanting just to validate their perspective. Yeah. yes. And so for those, you know, you you do have to be kind of careful. And I always try to be very, you know, I, I try to be open minded and I hear what other people are saying. And 
in my mind, it's not so much sometimes about giving a right or wrong answer, but maybe let me expose you to a couple of different scenarios that could come into play just so you're looking at the big picture. I mean, there are many times whenever, you know, people like, what link should I give out to my show? There's no reason not to give out iTunes if it's going to help you get on new and noteworthy. And then, there, you know, you come back gently and say, well, except for the fact that 50% of the population doesn't have iTunes, you know, what are you going right. to do for those people? And they're like, oh, yeah, I never even thought about that well you know that it's just exposing you to a little bit of different um perspective and i do try to preface some there are some times where i feel like i'm wading into more controversial things and i'll try to be extra careful very political i'll be careful to say this is just my opinion take it for what it's worth and i can only tell you my experience and i can only tell you what i've seen done and what i've done with my clients and what i've seen them do and what's worked and I feel like just from the exposure I get to other what other people are doing, I have a little better idea because I'm doing at times, you know, 60 or 65 versus what the single individual podcaster out there is doing. And so um, it doesn't make me the fact that I'm right or I'm, you know, nothing's right or wrong in podcasting because there is very little black and white because so much of it is niche specific and so much of it completely depends on your audience. And one audience may react completely differently than another one. And I think so many people do want those black and white answers. And so what I try to do is just put it out there. The other thing I do is I do look for um, questions that people haven't tackled yet. I mean, to me, there's more value in being the one person that does come back to provide a little bit of something, even if it's just to say, hmm, I've never thought about it like that before. But here's another thing you could try, you know, but there's more value in being that one person. It's a really good strategy. Yeah, it is. It is. And so that one person to come back and say, here's, you know, here's a question that's been sitting here for 12 hours and no one's even dared to answer it. Let me go ahead and answer (laughs) that or try to, you know, give a, give a little bit of, if I was talking to you to try to answer the question, let me tell you what I would tell you. And then, you know, to me, there's more value than being the 13th person to chime in and say, yeah, I completely agree. That's exactly what I would do. Blah, blah, blah. So I don't really waste my time on a lot of those because I feel like those people already have have kind of more answers than they want at that point at that point so another yeah and stop answering please i get it yeah exactly like (laughs) yeah they'll say okay great thanks for your feedback i've decided what i want to do and three days later people are like i don't know what you think because blah and they're like thanks i already made my decision close this podcast you know close this thread it's done so yeah uh, i wish you could close i know wouldn't that be awesome we can just it's not a forum but i wish you could post yeah that's the only thing i do but yeah that'd be amazing yeah that's actually really smart to go after this stuff and and actually i think even in i mean it's stupid to compare podcasting with politics but I, I think in both cases you can if you do phrase things from like from my experience this is what's worked for me and this if is you just can phrase things that way it usually mm-hmm. yeah and it usually doesn't offend people yeah and you know i think there are some people that are more naturally less abrasive than others in the way they come back like we infer tone in posts and emails that sometimes is not really there. Especially when we're insecure. Right, right, right. And so what happens is, I think with me, because I'm insecure in the opposite way, like I don't want anyone to take this in the wrong way, that I go overboard to say, well, now what you're saying could be a valuable solution. I, the only problem I see is it could cause this or it could cause that. So just just put that on your radar rather than me coming right out and saying you're wrong. And other people will be like, oh, don't ever do that. 
And that's all they would post. See, I always attributed it to you being Southern. I think I that am. You, yeah, that I you're so it, polite. Well, that too. I'm Southern, polite, insecure, whatever you want to call it, introverted, you know, all of that goes with the baggage. But there's other people that I do find frustrating because they just like you give them an answer, you give them a solution, and it's almost like you're they want you to convince them. You know, they want to keep arguing the point. And it's like, you know what? You asked that we thought you should try that. And I gave you my opinion. If you're committed to trying it, try it. Come back and let us know how it works. You know, what's been your worst experience? It must stick out. That's why. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying like, oh, well, there- I mean, I don't even know if there's this one particular person and you certainly don't have to name their name. But yeah. I'd be curious what the topic was and yeah. like what happened. There is a certain uh, is a different group, not y'all's group. Um, or uh, that that it's never going to be my That's group because I would be, never allow exactly, bullshit. Exactly, exactly. But there was one group that I'm in, and it is a group where uh, a lot of the spammers go. Uh, it is a paid group, which is surprising that all the spammers go there. But there was a guy that was uh, clearly coming onto the scene like long after I was in there and trying to really crime the ranks and make his way, you know, to the top, the upper echelon. Was it Nathan? Was it Nathan Laka? <laughs> it, it wasn't. It has it to be. Wasn't. No, it oh, okay. wasn't, but it's uh, along the same ilk of that. So, but it's one of those things where he was, you know, trying to put himself out there and, and I'd keep getting, you know, contact requests. He's like, hey, can we just chat? I just want to pick your brain about this and that and the other thing. Well, it turns out the bottom line is he's nothing but grasping at straws as how can I make a quick buck on this, that, or the other. And, it, it, you know, while he wanted to pick, pick, I think I know who you're talking about because he disappeared. Yes, because he got kicked out out he did i didn't know that but then he reappeared at some podcast conventions so i think i know who you're talking <laughs> about and it was basically like he launched and then eight weeks in he was like here's how you get a million downloads exactly. in your first eight weeks yeah exactly. i forget his yeah. i mean honestly it doesn't matter what his name is because i forget it but he was very annoying. Yes, very annoying. And then I didn't know he got kicked out. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he did get kicked out. And then, the, but the interesting thing is, he you know kept wanting to pick my brain about my business. And then next thing you know, every chance he got, he was promoting another business that somehow he must have had an affiliation with or whatever. And then at the same time, every time someone would try to call him on his BS in his posts, because it would be posts that would say, "Hey, I was just able to go ahead and uh, help one of my." Uh, clients get a sponsor for $300 a show and uh, we've got a couple more openings for it so I don't know if that's something that interests you guys but if you if you do PM me and I'll be glad to share the information with you and so some of us would say well that sounds fabulous but why would someone need to PM you please share the information you know because this is what this is about this is not about building your own funnel and that's whenever he would bristle. So, yeah, so that's been my worst because every time I would post something, it would get completely turned around and, and you know, as if I was endorsing him. And I'm like, uh, no, don't put get, get my name off your lips because I don't want my name in your mouth at all. So, right. you know, so it was just one of those yes. that it's like, you know, I'm no, I'm not endorsing you by saying this. I was just saying you need to share the information because people want to see it here in the forum, not have to PM you and get you on a call and have you sell them on something that they really don't need. And so now he's gone on to offer other services where you can get your digital products built and get your fortune in process for only $8,990. Uh, $8, oh my God, 8000 Yes, $8,990. And you can, we'll, we'll walk you through it in eight for the eight week process. 
<laughs> oh my god! Exactly. And you look, and the guy podcasted for like June through August of last year, and mm-hmm. it's like really. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so I just I feel like there's people like that that we need to protect each other from. You know, that's funny, and even interestingly, like in our own group. It's very easy, you know, I'm realizing now, like, I haven't seen it, and, and I think it did happen to you a couple of times, but it got deleted, but, like, you know, Elsie's really big when we take sponsors, she really wants to have, like, curated, seamless, almost transparent sponsor content, kind of like this interview, eh? Yeah, and so, wow, <laughs> fabulous idea. It's I integrated. like what that is. <laughs> I mean, this is what that is, but that's also what, the, but so... This is what that is because, but also I think it's kind of fun to just, I mean, even if you weren't our sponsor, I'd still want you on the show just to talk to you about like how you came about and why you help people. But like, but the posts that she's been doing for you and for Natalie Ekdahl have been really like conversation starting and engagement starting, but it's dangerous almost because it could be really easy for somebody who does what you do or what Natalie does to just comment and say i do this too yeah if you need if you need help with this here's my link yeah i can do this Mm -hmm. and just take the business right out from under you even though you've paid for it right right you've technically paid for it i mean exactly and so that's kind of rotten and i never would consider that like like i almost wonder if it wasn't so transparent and we said take a look at our sponsor christy hausler from (laughs) team podcast would people be less i think people would be less likely i think yeah in some ways that might be but i think also in some ways people look you know people might look for uh, facebook Facebook groups for those you know you can search those facebook groups for words like audio editing or podcast support and all that and just go in and find all those posts so what you do is i mean they go in and they'll find any podcast and just add their two cents and their link and and to me, that getting my link out there is never my first objective. In fact, I'll help many of my clients are people that I've absolutely helped for free with no intention otherwise than to help them for free. And later on, they come back and say, oh, by the way, what do you do? And then oh. we, we talk about it. Yeah. And that's that's the goal because I'm so not pushy. I'm so not salesy. I'm not comfortable with that because that doesn't resonate with me. But if I know you, like you, and trust you, and I know that we kind of have the same philosophical views about podcasting or sponsors or other things like that, then I know you're a resource that I can trust. And so that's kind of where where I fall on that. Because you'll, yeah. you'll rarely see me post a link. Now, I might chime in and say, I can help you. I'll be glad to do that. You want to email it to me. But most of the time, I'm not just putting my link out there saying, hey, go, you know, do this. Well, part of it's because... No, you're not. No, you're definitely the, not. Part of it's because the website's in complete revamp process, and I wouldn't want to give it to anyone <laughs> too much right, right. now. And be like, have all these web designers contact me. Like, I know, I know, I know. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but so, I mean, yeah. that. but to me, it's about the, the relationship. Because in my mind, in my business, it is as much my responsibility to help make my shows that that let me do their work um, successful. And mm-hmm. if that means I have a long term client, that means I have a raving fan. That means I have somebody that will say, "Hey, you, uh, my other friends starting a podcast too because they've seen what I've done, and I want you to help them." And that works for me. That's where I'm comfortable. That's my comfort zone. Other people, that you know, is maybe different than their comfort zone, but it's just what I feel like I can be okay with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. It totally makes sense. So, just to run a, a like just a overview of all the stuff you do, mm-hmm. just so I make sure that now that people love and adore you as much as we do, 
that they know what you do. So if they want you even for so, I mean, because people know that you do, I think the way that we talk about you and your talking points are kind of like everything except for record your content. Yeah. That you will <laughs> do everything. But does that mean that your only service is to do everything or will you yeah. break it out and just do social media or just do show notes? Yeah. there. And you know, it's funny because I actually have some clients and believe it or not, that they can do their show notes and they can do their recording and they even do their own editing, but they're not tech savvy enough to publish it. So there mm-hmm. are several clients that I have that all we do is grab their show notes and their um, audio file and their image files. And then we go in and publish to their podcast host and we go in and publish to their website. Um, and all of that's handled for them. But we didn't do any of the other production. The, so mm-hmm. basically, the idea is we can do everything from start to finish, you know, the show notes, the audio production, the social media images, um, pulling out uh, tweetables and other things put to post on your social social media, publish and have you good to go so you never have to look backwards. But not everyone's budget can handle that and not everyone needs all that help. We have some clients that are former bloggers and they mm-hmm. there is no way in hell they're going to let us touch their show notes. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? So, mm-hmm. so they, but yeah. they need the help with audio production and maybe social media or whatever. There are also people that just need help for a certain thing for a certain amount of time. Maybe you just need help getting all of your bulk of things done for your launch. And Mm -hmm. if you don't get some help doing it, you're never going to launch. So we can come in and help you do that. So basically, the idea is that we look at what you need and what your budget is for uh, the help you can get. And we try to take those most time-consuming or most, um, I I would call them labor-intensive tasks. Maybe they're not labor-intensive to someone that knows how to do them, but maybe your learning curve is such that you're not techie or you don't know how to do WordPress or, you know, whatever. And so we can take those tasks and just do them for you so that we eliminate that last hurdle to you getting launched and accomplishing what your show is. And then we also try to hold your hand as much as possible and help you along the way. We get, I get tons of emails from clients every day, you know, saying, what about this? Have you had anyone that tried this? Do you know if this would be a good idea? What should I do about this? Do you, is there a Skype problem right now? Because I'm having Skype problem. You know I mean? It's just everything that you need as far as your podcast goes. We like to be the resource for that. So once you're mm-hmm. a once you're a client, we're never going to say, I'm sorry, we can't answer this email today because we've already answered five of yours this week. <laughs> so you're right, right. over your limit. Um, so we try to be available and helpful and just really, I mean, many times whenever people start out with that one thing that they mm-hmm. need done, if they can get their podcast where they need it to be financially for them, then we end up getting more business from that in any way. There are people that do pod fade or do get to a point where they say, I can't do this in my budget anymore. Can I pay you to show me what you do? And then I can do it from here on out. And we'll do that too. I mean, anything we can do to help you. And that's probably not the best business model. <laughs> to do. Right, right. But it just, <laughs> but it just, you know, it works for me. And I feel like these, you know, the people that are my clients have trusted me with their baby, you know, and they're kind of, yeah, me they their, have, they really have. Firstborn, firstborn, secondborn, thirdborn podcast. That's pretty much how it is, is, right? That's really yeah, how it is. Absolutely is. And so yeah. we have have to make sure we're doing what we can do to to honor that and not uh, not just be dismissive of it. Yeah, well, you're doing great work. I know millions of people feel like you've sa- not mil- all right. Let me s- millions. Not exaggerate. Wow, tons of people 
I know that you've helped that have really been like, Christy has saved my friggin' ass for my podcast. Oh, good, so good, good. Keep it up. That, that, although that is embarrassing for me to hear because I'm just not one of those, like, you know, front of the room, limelight kind of people that I appreciate. So Southern. That. That's it. It is. It's like Southern, genteel, whatever you want to call it. But it makes, that does my heart good, knowing that somebody's said, wow, I couldn't have gotten my podcast launched if it hadn't been for you, or I don't know what I'd do without you. And those things mean as much as, as any money we could make off of what, what we're doing. Well, you heard it from Christy Hausler, Team Podcast. So honored to have your support. And for those of you who are listening, check out teampodcast.com. I haven't decided whether I'm going to do show notes for these segments or not, but you can always look on ShePodcast.com and see if there are any. Or uh, <laughs> Yeah, if there are. If there are, you'll have all the right, <laughs> Right. Or, you know, um, Facebook.com forward slash ShePodcast, Twitter forward slash ShePodcast. So you can check us out there. And don't forget to check her out at TeamPodcast.com. Thank you so much, Christy. It's been great having I you. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. <laughs>